What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Microfamous. I want to talk a little bit about influence, real enduring influence, and what it looks like to hit the tipping point of influence. Um, my guest over on the Microfamous Conversations is, is such a great example of this, Steve Anderson. And he and I had a really great conversation, which you can check out on, on that other podcast feed. Just look up Microfamous Conversations and Steve Anderson, and you'll find that one there. And he came out of uh, the physical therapy uh, space and he was a CEO of a company there. And, and then when he kind of semi-retired and got into coaching, he already had real enduring influence in his space. And so he attracts the right people. He repels the wrong people. And uh, it's kind of a really nice virtual, you know, virtuous cycle. And I think that's a place where a lot of us uh, want to get to. If you're an emerging thought leader, you should want to get to there to have real enduring influence in your space, to have the ability that people know who you are and what you stand for and things like that. But I want to talk a little bit about, from a practical point of view, what does it look like to hit the tipping point of influence? And if you have the book, you know this, but if you haven't seen the inside, especially the physical print book, um, the illustration for the chapter on the three stages of influence is a rock that's being pushed up a hill and then starts to, you know, hit that, that point at the top where it starts to roll down the other side. And that's the, the best metaphor that I can think of for how it works to hit that tipping point of influence, which is that in the early days, it's going to feel like you're pushing a rock up a hill, right? You're having to do all the work. And I'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But just from, a, from an effort perspective, when you first start a thought leadership business, you're probably going to feel like you're putting in a ton of effort. And because it is, you're the one that's pushing a rock up a hill because what you're doing is you are hopefully going to the market with a new message. You're saying something that hasn't been heard before. You're giving them a new perspective. You have a different point of view on things. You have a different view of the problem. And as a result, you have a different solution. Uh, because it's new, you're going to get a lot of pushback from people that are just fine with what they've got. Right, Seth Godin talks a lot about this in his book, just the phenomenon of like, hey, go find the early adopters, go find the people who are already open to new things anyway, because the majority of people are fine with what they have. And that's why going to the market with a new idea, a new point of view, a new solution is going to feel like pushing a rock up a hill because it is metaphorically. So in the early days, you're going to feel like that. But there is going to come a time when that changes, right? So here's, here's what the stages just kind of look like um, from the book. You know, we start by being seen. We put our, our, ourselves and our message into the world. We talk about the problem we solve. We share what we're learning, what we're doing along the way. You know, we share, you know, personal experiences and stories and anecdotes. Um, if you're working a lot with clients at this stage, then you share, you know, the frustrations that they have and the things that you're, do, you're doing for clients along the way. And the more that you do that, you'll come across and you'll uncover your clear and compelling idea. And that's really when things start to uh, set up for future success, for real enduring influence, right? Is when you uncover that clear and compelling idea. Because that's what ends up giving you the best shot at being memorable, being recognized, right? And that's that second stage where you go from get seen to get noticed, right? You're getting noticed. So the only thing that, that causes that is repetition, right? Repetition leads to recognition. We go from being seen to being noticed. People start to recognize us because they start to hear our clear and compelling idea over and over and over again. If we're talking about different things all the time, it short circuits that ability for people to link us to anything specific. We just end up being 
a person and what we stand for and what we do is so vague that we don't occupy any space in their brain, right? If we, uh, if we lean into that though, and we, we say, okay, great, this is, this is now my clear and compelling idea. This is the thing that I'm going to talk about all the time. This is what I want to be known for. And I'm going to find a thousand different ways to talk about that same thing. That's when we set ourselves up to go from getting seen to getting noticed and people start to go, oh, they do X, right? Think about John Maxwell in the early, in the early days when he started writing about leadership. You know, at first he's just some guy. He's just some, you know, people may know that he used to pastor or they, they may not know anything about him at all. But over the years, he continually writes about leadership. Everything he does is kind of around that, that concept and that idea. And if John Maxwell comes out with a book tomorrow, odds are it has leader or leadership somewhere in the title. And um, so he's, but, but if you go back to the early days, it took him a while to get that agreement from the market of that John Maxwell is the leadership guy, right? He's the leadership guy. Think about Gary Vee with Hustle. You know, it took a while of Gary hustling and, and talking about it for us actually to go, oh yeah, Gary V equals hustle. Anyone can hustle their way to success using social media. It took us a while to, to really link that up. And, and I think a lot of it was due to his book, Crush It. And, uh, but there was a time when Gary V was the same person doing the same things and he was crushing it personally and he was hustling, but he wasn't known for hustle right? That took a while. It hit, it, but he hit a tipping point where eventually he became known as that guy that talks about hustle and social media all the time. And so that's kind of the process, right? It starts with uncovering our clear and compelling idea. Now, when we hit that tipping point of influence is when the market agrees with us and they go and link us with our clear and compelling idea, right? That's, that's the very tip of that mountain where we've been pushing the rock up the hill the whole time and we've been telling people and we've been telling people and we've been telling people and we've been delivering our message and we've been driving hope over and over and over and over and over again. And then we hit that top of the hill and it starts to roll down the other side. That's when the market agrees with us. You know, oh yeah, Matt Johnson's the micro famous guy, right? John Maxwell is the leadership guy. Gary, Gary Vee is the hustle guy, hustle in social media, right? They, they, link us with our clear and compelling idea. And all of a sudden we become, oh yeah, that guy, right? Um, who is it uh, that wrote Radical Candor? Kim, um, Kim Scott. Yeah, so great, great example there. Kim Scott is Radical Candor, right? She is known for that concept and all of her coaching and consulting work that she does with organizations is based around that concept. Why? Because she came out with a book and the market agreed with her and went, yeah, that's a new and unique concept and idea. It's not just the same thing we've heard again, slightly repackaged. So Kim is now the Radical Candor person. Um, Donald Miller with StoryBrand, great. Um, he's doing some interesting things now that I don't necessarily think is the best thing for his brand, but we'll see. Maybe he's just you know doing a good job of jumping into a bigger space, but I think he could have written StoryBrand for the rest of all time and been just fine. Why? Because the market agreed Donald Miller is the StoryBrand guy, right? And so that's really that tipping point, right? It's it, The first point that I want to make is that what is the tipping point? It's the point where the market agrees with you and it's no longer just you saying your message. The market agrees with you and says, yes, you are the micro famous person. You are the leadership guy. You are the story brand guy. Whatever, whatever your thing is, the market agrees with you and go, yep, you are X, right? You, you 
you know, Matt Johnson is micro famous. They, they link that together in their minds. And now you've occupied space, right? Now you have this mental bucket insides of the, inside the minds of the people that you want to serve and impact. There's space in their brain for you. They know exactly what category you fit into, even if it's one you had to create from scratch. And sometimes that's the best way to do it because then you don't have to kick anyone else out of their mental category or out of that mental bucket. You just give them a new bucket and you're at the, you're the only one in it. So, Anyway, that's the point number one. So the market agrees with you. That is the top of the hill where you've pushed the rock to the top and now that rock is starting to hit the other side. And that leads me to point number two, which is what's it like to hit the tipping point of influence? Well, you start to build momentum. Why? Because that rock starts to roll down the other side of that hill and it starts to pick up steam along the way. And what is that steam? Well, it's word of mouth for one thing, right? Think about Simon Sinek. Um, Simon Sinek doesn't have to have a big Snapchat following and I, I'm pretty sure he's not you know, doing dance videos on TikTok because he has not just himself talking about the message of start with why and the other things that he talks about. That start with why idea from that first book is so powerful that people spread things like his TED Talk video, right? They shared it with their friends and their coworkers. That was a very powerful idea. It took a little bit of time of him pushing the rock up the hill for people to get it and go, yeah, yeah, Simon Sinek's the start with why guy. Okay, great. Um, this is a powerful idea. I need to tell my friends about this, right? Once that starts to happen, that's when he started gaining momentum. And we can do the exact same thing. So when we, when we hit that tipping point of influence and the market agrees with our clear and compelling idea and links us to our clear and compelling idea, that's when we can really start to gain momentum. We start to get word of mouth. We don't have to be as active on social media because other people are talking about us on social media, which is the best way to be on social media is for other people to be doing the talking and not us. So uh, that's such a great example of that uh, because... You, you really get the point, like people really spread that idea. People really share that idea that start with why. And there's a lot of TED Talks that go viral uh, that kick off, you know, really good coaching, consulting, speaking careers. Um, and they're, they're a great example because it, it's, it's a visceral example of people sharing it by word of mouth, which is what should be happening anyway. But when it's a TED Talk, you can actually see the views accumulating on a video. Whereas if you're um, you know, it's like some of my clients are in the real estate space where most of those conversations are not coming from people sharing TED Talk videos where you can see the view counts go up. They're just being talked about in Facebook groups and it's all ad hoc and it's one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, that go something like this. Hey, I'm looking for a real estate coach. Like, oh, you should hire my, you know, my guy. He's awesome. You know, this is what he does. Um, you know, it's those types of one-off conversations and you don't necessarily see that racking up views on a particular video, but that's what is happening and it should be happening, right? So those people are having those conversations and, and your idea is spreading by word of mouth, right? You just may not see it because you don't have a one particular TED Talk video that people are sharing and you can see the view counts go up. But the momentum is the same. You should be able to feel that momentum start to grow. You should be able to see yourself, you know, you start getting tagged more on social media and people start to say things about, you know, your video or your podcast or your book, right? Whatever that is, you should start to feel that momentum grow and the foundation of that momentum is word of mouth, right? And it's great when it all accumulates on something like a TED Talk video where you can see the view counts go up, but even if it doesn't, even if it's all scattered and even if it's all one-off communication and conversations with, uh, with people on social media, you should still be able to feel that sense of momentum because you're getting real, genuine word of mouth. And that's the second element of what it's like to hit the tipping point of influence. Now, what's the third point? You attract the right people naturally while also repelling the wrong people 
So let's talk about that first. So attracting the right people naturally, why is that? Well, it's because you attract people that agree with your clear and compelling idea. So as your clear and compelling idea spreads and more people talk about it, that attracts the right people because your clear and compelling idea should be polarizing to the, to the extent that it attracts the right people but repels the wrong people just by virtue of them hearing that idea. And I'll run, uh, I'll run a, quick, a quick example by you. So Gary V's whole, I would say Gary V's clear and compelling idea is this. Anyone can hustle their way to success using social media. Um, now, you may, may not agree or you may phrase it differently, but let's assume for the sake of argument that it's, it's something in that ballpark. You know, you could, you could say his core idea is crush it, you know, like just work 14 hours a day. And that's kind of true. But specifically what he's talking about is crush it on social media, right? Hustle your way to success use social media, you know, become more successful, create more content equals more sales. That's kind of his, that's whole, his whole clear and compelling idea. Uh, that's going to separate people into two camps, people that like social media and, and want to do that. And people who hate that idea and are looking for a way out to not have to do that. Right. So his clear and compelling idea is by its very nature, polarizing, right? By its very nature, it's polarizing. Uh, Simon Sinek is the same way right? When he says start with why, when he talks about people want to work with companies where they agree with the values, I guarantee you there's a whole lot of people sitting in the executive suites of companies that just make stuff going, well, that can't be true. People just want to buy from us because we make a good product. And if we just make a slightly better product than our competitors, they're going to move over and they're going to buy our product instead. And never mind that the market continually rejects that idea decade after decade after decade. And I believe Simon Sinek is right in his assessment. There are plenty of people who disagree and they're just going to keep right on doing what they're doing. And they're going to try to benchmark the competition and they're going to try to slightly make a slightly better product and get a slight edge. And they're going to assume that people are going to flock over to their product while it doesn't happen. Why, why is that? Well, because Simon Sinek's idea is polarizing. It's not something everyone can agree with. So the more that you're, the more that his clear and compelling idea spreads, it divides people into two camps, those who agree and those who don't, right? The people who agree are going to be attracted. The people who disagree are going to be repelled, right? So the same thing happens to you as you begin that you, you uncover that clear and compelling idea, you spread it and you drive it home to the market over and over and over and over again. Finally, the market links you with that and they start to spread your clear and compelling idea for you. That's when you start to hit that tipping point of influence and you build that momentum. And then that's going to attract the people that agree with that and are intrigued by your idea and it's going to repel everyone else, right? Now, what's interesting about that is it's not only going to attract the people that are the absolute center of the bullseye perfect for you. It's also going to attract people who are one or two gaps away from that, right? Those are the people that you may not want to work with one-on-one, -on -one, but you, they may be perfect to buy your book or buy your group coaching program or buy an online course, right? They're not the exact center of the bullseye. They're not people that you want to talk to every day because they're not, they're not 100% agreed with, with what you do and what you are. They're not 100% agreed with your clear and compelling idea, but they're close. They're one or two gaps away, right? So maybe eventually they would be like a perfect, perfect, perfect client for you, like someone you'd love to coach or consult one-on-one -on -one with. But in the meantime, while they're one or two gaps away, they're still intrigued. They're still looking at your clear and compelling idea and going, man, that's really interesting. Like, I want to learn more about that. I'm not sure if I'm 100% on board, but man, I want to know more about that. And when they do that, those are the right people to sell group coaching programs and online courses and books. And, you know, those are the right people to listen to your podcast. Those are the people that share your stuff, even though they're not necessarily 100% sold on it. It's interesting. It's compelling. It's different. They're still going to share your stuff, right? So keep in mind that, uh, you know, there's that old saying in marketing, the target is not the market. 
The target is not the market, meaning when you go to the market with a clear and compelling idea, it's going to attract people that are the absolute center of the bullseye, perfect people for you, right? Whatever that means for you. But it isn't going to only attract those people. It's also going to attract people that are a little bit outside of that bullseye. They're one to two gaps away, right? They're not exactly perfect, but they have some commonalities with your perfect ideal clients that makes them attracted to your message and to your idea. And they're going to come into your world and they're going to listen to your podcast and they're going to watch your videos and they're going to read your book or you read your email newsletter or they're going to get into your content, however you put it out. And they're going to express their interest and they're going to raise your hand, their hand and look to buy something from you. Those are the people that are perfect for the group programs, the online courses, the books, the stuff like that, right? So you got to keep in mind, the target is not the market. So speak directly to the target, speak directly to the people that are the absolute center of the bullseye and you'll strongly attract them. And then you'll also attract people that are one to two gaps away that aren't quite your ideal perfect people, but they're close. And given time, you know, maybe consuming your content for 6, 12, 18 months, they might be your perfect client in 18 months, but they're not now. And that's okay, right? So those are the people for, for books and courses and group programs and stuff like that. So that to me, that's what it's like to hit that tipping point of influence is the market agrees with you. They link you to your clear and compelling idea. That's number one. You have momentum, right? That rock hits that top of the hill and starts to roll down the other side. That's number two. And then you start to attract the right people as well as people that are one to two gaps away. And then everyone else is kind of turned off by it. They just don't agree. They don't get the message. They don't agree with it. It doesn't hit them, whatever. But it repels everyone else. That's number three. And that's what it's really like to hit that tipping point of influence, right? All of those things are easier the more you shrink the battlefield and get clearer about who the right people is for you right? The more that you shrink the battlefield and you don't try to be everywhere to, and be everything to everyone and be in every different place online, the more you shrink the battlefield and get really clear about who the right people are for you, it makes it easier to uncover a clear and compelling idea. Then you can drive that idea home to the market over and over and over and over and over again to the point where you hit the top of that hill and people start to spread that idea for you, right? That's what Simon Sinek did, right? That's what uh, Kim Scott did with Radical Candor. That's what a lot of people have done. Like that method works, right? Shrink the battlefield first, drive home a clear and compelling idea to the market over and over and over again. And then the market will agree with you at some point and you will realize that you've hit the top of the hill, that tipping point of influence. And now you're coming down the other side and you're building momentum. So that's what it looks like in real life to hit the tipping point of influence. So hopefully that is encouraging and it gives you a vision for the future. And I believe that that process can happen in as little as 12 to 18 months. It may take longer depending on what your message is and how big of an audience you're looking to build. But I know for me, with my first podcast in real estate, uh, it was 18 months from the time that we started to the point where I was, you know, speaking across the country to a packed out breakout session of people who were there to see us. Uh, it can happen that fast, right? So it doesn't have to necessarily be a long process, but if you have a really radical idea, a clear and compelling idea that shakes things up, that's polarizing, that divides people into two camps, you are going to get some resistance and it will not come easy at first necessarily, but you will hit that tipping point at some point in the future. So, and that's the way that you build real enduring influence. If it comes easy at first, I would be suspicious, right? Because you're probably saying something that's similar to what's already out there. Because most people are comfortable with the ideas and the concepts and the direction that they're already going. They're, they're comfortable with what they've got. So when you come out with something that's different, 
that's razor sharp, clear, and super compelling, it's going to be compelling to a smaller part of the market first, and the rest of the market is going to wait until those people take a chance on it and get results before they flock over to you. So just be prepared for that dynamic to happen. If you want to learn more about that, uh, obviously get the book Microfamous, number one. But number two, uh, also get I, uh, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin and just get some practical, you know, bigger company examples of how that works in the rest of the world outside of thought leadership. So uh, again, I hope this, uh, this episode's been encouraging and sets a vision for you. I really appreciate you sharing the show, um, you know, doing your part to help Microfamous hit the tipping point, you know, sharing it with other thought leaders and coaches, consultants, speakers, and whatnot. I appreciate every single review for the podcast, every single rating. I read every single one, uh, every review for the book, which have been awesome. I really appreciate it. So just make sure that you stay engaged in the, uh, in the community, in, in, the, um, in the concepts. Let me know how I can be helpful. Is there, if there's any particular topics that you want me to cover in a future episode, let me know. Shoot me an email. I'm easy to find. The links are down below. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Microfamous. 